going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of 302 Birds. Metamorphosis is the theme of tonight's episode. A changing. Um, the Phillies are going through a change. That's why. We don't really know if it's good or bad yet. It feels like kind of like a ticking time bomb. Um, kind of like last year a little bit, but a little bit different. Um, we don't really have any call-ins tonight, but I will thank El Diablo, as always, for sponsoring tonight's weekly call-in segment. If you guys don't, check out El Diablo Burritos. They're the best place to get your burritos around here. You can get tacos. You can get burritos. You can get a bowl like me. Get your quesadilla on the side. Get anything you want. And it's all fresh ingredients local to Delaware. So check them out with five, I believe, convenient locations throughout the state. Um, but without any further ado, let's get into the Phillies and uh, kick it off with one of our favorite topics, sponsored by our friends over at Cut. If you guys don't already download the Cut app today, it's the best place to bet a peer-to-peer social betting platform, really changing the game. You can take your friend's money instead of Venmo. Or I'm sorry, you can take your friend's money instead of a casino. But without further ado. Time for Phillies Talk with Bob Tani. Junior Stitch! God, that just like murdered my ears. I might have to do something about that. Sorry, I didn't know it was that bad. It was yeah, kind of well, fine to me. Maybe it's just you. Maybe I just had my volume all the way up because I'm old and shit. But Casey, welcome back to the show, man. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me, boys. I'm excited to be on here. No worries. Excited to have you. But guys, Ranger Suarez is back. Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's. He's had a profound effect on this starting rotation. And all of a sudden, they can win games again. The starting rotation's going seven innings, whereas before... Before he got back, it was like four innings. And it's like, to, they always talk about this effect when there's one guy who's just absolutely dealing in a in a rotation. Not that Ra- Ranger has been absolutely dealing since he got back, but like there's a guy that's in there that brings a competitive edge to the rotation. Everybody wants to be better than the how the guy pitched the last time out. Now, and Ranger, I, I feel like, has that effect on the clubhouse, on the rotation. Like he gets, he gets Nola, he gets Wheeler, he gets all of them going, and and he absolutely, um, he he just absolutely brings a positive energy to this this rotation that the Phillies absolutely desperately need it. And I Casey was busting my balls before before the show saying like like oh I was shooting out doom and gloom which I was which. Anyone who was looking at this team two or three weeks ago, I think was in the absolute right to be like, I don't see them turning this thing around. But then Ranger, the Lone Ranger, came back and he's put an absolute clinic on and helped revive this starting rotation. I mean, I don't even think the numbers really do it justice. If you look at those base numbers, yeah, it doesn't look like he's pitching all too well. But when he's pitching deep into the sixth and seventh inning and giving that bullpen a rest to the next day, you don't realize how big of an effect that has. And even those base stats, if we go into more analytics, like his fielding independent pitching has him at a uh, sub four ERA sitting around a three nine, which is respectable. It's solid. And coming off an injury where he didn't even have spring training, he had a couple warm up starts in the minor leagues, but the 
that was about it. And his just fire and intensity, like you were saying, Tommy, it's infectious for the whole team. I thought that series against the Dodgers, I was super excited. We took two of three. I was not expecting that. Um, I mean, us winning the series against Detroit and Washington, I, I didn't really bat an eye because those are two teams you should beat on a daily basis. But being able to take two from Dodgers was very exciting and seeing some of our guys actually pitch pretty well, besides Nola getting blown up on game two. Yeah, but Nola's going to get blown up here and there, and that's just his M.O. He, 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 he's not a vibe guy. He's more of a lone wolf. Um, um, whereas Wheeler's wheeling and dealing. He almost threw, threw a no-hitter against the Tigers. Um, who who else pitched well? Ty, Taiwan's been out of his mind. He's been going at least five. I think he's only given up one run in his last, like, six starts, too. So he's been pitching out of his mind. He's been pitching – well better than what we could have hoped for when we signed him. We thought we were essentially getting a replacement of Zach Eflin. And now, and at first it looked like, oh, the Rays got a better deal than we did with Zach Eflin. But it, um, no, he's, he's all of a sudden looking way better than Zach Eflin. Hopefully he stays healthy. We wish Zach Eflin all the best, but given his injury history, I couldn't trust that he's going to go deep into this season. And, Around June, July, August, he usually, unfortunately, has like a season-ending injury. Hey, um, so yeah, Strom is not. You're a lot higher on Walker than I am, though. I mean, I think he's he's a. He's been better as of late. Yeah, maybe he's going through a good phase, though. I'm I'm kind of with Casey. That just blow my mind when he's leaving 92, 93 mile per hour fastballs down the middle, and it doesn't look like he even knows where he wants to throw the baseball. Um, and then other times, like you're saying, last couple starts, he's been dealing, and it's amazing to see. But I want to see him do that consistently through a season. I think his ERA is still pretty high. Um, his game, his quality starts is pretty low. Look, I. To have a great rotation, you don't need guys that are sub three ERAs, sub one whips. Like, is that great? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, you really need guys to come in there and eat some innings for you and be that emotional kind of like physical backbone of the team because you can't be relying on your bullpen every other day to pitch you five innings or six innings. You guys are going to get beat. Guys are going to get drained mentally, physically exhausted, and it just doesn't help the team as a whole. But having Ranger back in that starting rotation to be able to eat up some innings, um, I think that just makes the whole pitching staff better as a whole. Yeah. I agree. Reggie boy, welcome to the show. What are you thinking of the Phillies lately? Dude, I think we're seeing, and I've been saying this for a while. I don't know if I send the podcast, but I've been saying this to people for a while. I think we're going to just repeat the same stuff we did last year. I mean, we kind of like came out the bat not doing so great, right? And now we're trying to starting to see Harper's back just like last year. We're starting to see more hits. People start to kick it up like last year, right? I think we're going to get right back into the playoffs, maybe wild card. World Series, I don't know. But I think we're starting to kick it back up again. You know who's been a big contributor for that, Greg? Um, somebody by the name of Nick Castellanos, Tom. This guy, the last seven days, man. I mean, tragedy strikes and so does yeah, Nick Castellanos, it, 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 right? T- takes a bridge collapse and he gets hot all of a sudden. Um, well, we can go back to when he, the one broadcaster said something about 
something that was not very nice to people. And literally right after Nick Castellanos hits a ball to deep left field as the guy's trying to apologize. I'm pretty sure he he made like a racist comment or something. Like he did something bad. (laughs) Like some homophobic slur is what he said. That's probably what it was. Yeah, something derogatory. So, um, look, that's what kind of got started for Nick Castellanos with the whole tragedy thing. Then Tom McCarthy last year for Memorial Day was like trying to give like a eulogy to the vets, try to be like, there's a deep drive to left field. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it was a deep drive to left field. And now this year it's, uh, and now 95 collapses. And all of a sudden he's on a hot streak while 95 is absolutely gone. Look, and speaking about Nick Castellanos, like last year, we we all saw it. he was in a slump. He was not the same guy. Um, but the value that he still brought to that lineup, I think it, it still was totally different than the year before. And even we look back defensively in the playoffs, nobody thinks of Nick Castellanos as a good defensive outfielder. But him laying it out there in the playoffs – I loved it. Like, I think he has the Philly grit in a different kind of way. It's like he doesn't really show it by speaking. He's more of a with an actions type of guy, and I really enjoy it, and I think he's killing it this year. I expect great things out of him. Um, hopefully he can get another silver slugger under his belt, maybe another all-star appearance, and hopefully be the backbone of the middle of this lineup. Well, he said he did college, and that's why he has to hit baseballs for a living. He what? He didn't go to college, so he has to hit baseballs for a living. Hey, I wish a lot of people could say that, including myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good living, and uh, it's it's funny how he puts that. But I like what you said too a second ago, Casey. Like he's he's taken a step up this year, and he kind of fits that Philly mold too. Like I don't know if you guys remember that interview last. Year. I forget what he said exactly in it, but he had like a snippy con- like comment right back to the interviewer. He's, I think he said that's a dumb question um, or something like that. And it's just like, that's Philly. That's Philadelphia. And um, I think that the Phillies knew that they were getting a good player when they signed him. It just kind of took patience for him to get to this next level and this next step. And I'm so glad to see him there. Tommy, what are you thinking yes. about this question down here? Um, it's, it's an interesting question. I think you have to keep Clemens at this point. He's been, been hot. getting you... He's been getting you a lot of clutch hits and whatnot. But long-term, I, I think I want Hall back up. Um, it's like you try not to fall in love with the backup. You, you know how, like, in football, like, everybody was like, hey, don't fall in love with, with, like, Nick Foles or don't fall in love with, like, the backup quarterback just because they got hot. Because hey, in the long run, you know they're not really the answer. Or you know your starter is really the answer. That's how I feel about Derek Hall. I think he's truly our answer at first base. Is fielding wise, he's about the same as Reese Hoskins, and he's about the size of Ryan Howard. So hopefully, like maybe he can, maybe he can. Um, I did like improve this order, but it. Cody Clemens is a better fielder, and honestly, with a team that he's fielding isn't great. You honestly might need Cody Clemens over there. And Sosa isn't doing anything great. So if you really wanted to, and pl- I'd rather not platoon a first baseman. I'd rather keep Sosa because he's very versatile. And if I really needed him to play first base in an emergency situation, I could. And yeah, that's kind of 
that's kind of how I see that whole rotation go. You're definitely keeping Boom. Boom's always going to be either at first but, or third. But you think so? You're saying Derek Hall's the future. What makes you? I am not on that bandwagon at all. I'm sorry, Tom. I'm going to disagree with you 100% here. I do not think Derek Hall's the future at first base for the Phillies whatsoever. There, he's what has Clemens given you that Derek Hall can't give you at this point? There's nothing per se other than power. Like Derek Hall is m- a much better home run hitter than okay um, home run Clemens hitter. But other is. than that, I mean, their slugging percentages. If I was to predict where Derek Hall would be, I would probably say slugging percentage is either similar, if not a little bit lower than Clemens right now. And don't get me wrong, Clemens has been playing out of his mind the past couple of weeks. But I I don't know, dude. There's not a lot I've seen where Derek Hall is my guy long term for the Phillies and. Look, I thought that was a position this year if Derek Hall came in the season and struggled that we'd trade for at the trade deadline. Yeah. I think that position's wide open. I And especially with that Derek Hall injury, like, hope all the best for him. He comes back and kills it. But that's tough. He left his job open for grabs for, for kind of some younger players. And, look, and if it works, Rob Thompson's definitely the type of guy, if, if he likes something, he, he's going to stick with it. And Venk, yes. Yes, they are. And I don't know if I said that right. Yeah. Well, I think they can absolutely bounce back. They're, I think the last time I looked, they were only three games out of a playoff spot. And if all of a sudden they can play well over 500 baseball, there is there isn't a reason why they can't make the playoffs. I mean, they did it last year. Yeah, and, and we it was a deeper. Play all that it was right. it was a deeper hole last year because everyone in the NL was playing out of their mind who was in a like a playoff spot. <clears throat> Um, we are currently two and a half games. Two and a half. Card spot. Yeah. So, and that's with the Brewers and Giants ahead of us, as well as the Marlins. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Cardinals can't help us ever. They played. They they just got swept by the uh, Giants, and they'll probably get swept by the Brewers again soon. See, but my thing is, is with following up with that question too, is I mean, who else in the National League do you think takes that third wild card spot? I mean, I. I don't think the Marlins sustain it. I mean, pitching-wise, they're disgusting, but I don't know if their bats can sustain it. San Francisco's old. They're going to, in my opinion, they're going to break down, fall apart, have some injuries, and fall out of the race, maybe even trade some guys off at the deadline. You know what hurts most about the Giants? They're only ahead of us because we got swept by them. Yeah. If we could have even split that four-game series – There's a lot of what-ifs in baseball. It's a long season. We have so many more games to go, too. Yeah, I mean, like, I get the series thing, but the Giants could still slow down. Like, I remember the other game against the Rockies the other day. Rockies, I mean, granted, a lot of bad teams from last year are doing good this year, but the Rockies kind of gave it to them. You know what I mean? Like, it, 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 it can happen where they go on a losing streak and we keep going forward. Also, really quick, Tommy, I know you said that um, – Clemens doesn't have the home run power hitting, which I get is great to have, but don't we already have great home run hitters such as um, Harper, Schwarber? We have other home run hitters as well. If we can get a nice RBI player still and have more efficiency in the defense, I feel like that's more worthwhile. I do I do agree with what you're saying, though. It's kind of like a – I'm going to call it the Brock Purdy effect in the sense of like a backup comes in and does hot and you like them, and then you start to think, is that the answer? Now, that effect still has a question mark because we don't know if Brock Purdy will still be good for next year. So the same question goes, could Clements be that, you know? I agree. 
I see. I see what you're saying, Greg. I got you. Moving, moving on. If you guys were to play baseball, I know Tom played it, kind of, you know, pick up or whatever. Grade school baseball. Casey played collegiate league um, area. I played club in college. Yeah. Take it easy. Yeah, whatever. But uh, what would your uh, walkout song be? Oh, see, I mean, I already have two that I played in college. So pick one. But were they? Uh, Baker's Man. Baker's Man. What? Yeah. Don't make me pull it up right now. Don't make me pull it up. I think it's by Migos. Casey, what college? Uh, I played a. Pull it up. Well, Tommy's going to explain his, Casey. I want to hear it. Hmm. Jack, Tommy, what's yours? When you played grade school baseball. I did not play grade school. Oh, I played grade school baseball. Hey! I played school. Oh, I played high school. I played travel. And I played club. So take it easy. Take it easy. Tell me this isn't fire. <laughs> It's just flows too well. I think everybody's kind of about it. It's a vibe. You should have seen my boys like on my team. Like whenever that come out, they're all dancing in the dugout. It just gets me fired up and it gets them fired up. So it's always like it was always a great time. Those are some of the best memories right there. I like that song. Is that Migos? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I love that. All right. I'm thinking of mine right now, and I'll play it once I figure out which one I want. So you're thinking of yours, Greg. Do you have yours handy? Because if you don't, I got mine ready. You go for, for anybody that doesn't yeah, know, my last right. name's Baker, so that's why it all makes sense. There you go, the big man. Greg, you got yours ready or not yet? You, you go first. You go first. All right, mine's simple. Mine's just a simple song from the 90s. I was thinking about it today at work, and I was like, if I was playing baseball, what would be a song that would fire me up to just go up there and smack the ever-living piss out of the ball, basically? Like what Casey just said, that song basically did him in layman's terms. I think the song that would uh, get me most excited to do that would probably be Cream uh, by Wu-Tang Clan. If you've ever heard that song, you guys know that one? Just fucking... <laughs> fucking... Boom! Just fucking knock this shit out of the ball. Oh my god, that would get me so hyped. So, Wu-Tang Clan, Cream for me, would probably be mine. I could have went with an, a newer song. Um, I don't really have a theme, you know. There's no song with Holland or anything. Don't worry, Casey. I love that you incorporated your last name into it, but... <laughs> Mine would just have to be a song that would get me hyped up to smack the shit out of the ball. God knows what Greg might say. Jack, do you have yours handy? <laughs> yeah, I think so. All right, let's see it. Oh, sorry. And let us know in the comments, guys, what would be your walkout song in the MLB if you were walking up getting ready Chris, for your at-bat? This is mine. Put that shit up to the mic. Gavin, that has your name in it. Go look up that song. Swear to God, go look up that song. Gregory Porter, Mr. Holland. I'll have to check that out. Mr. Big Stuff is Anthony's. 
It's really not that bad. I'll play it for you. But Greg, what's yours? I got it. Hold up. I want to see if anyone knows this song. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me see if I can blast this. Ah, oh, shoot. Hold up. Give me five seconds for the commercial. Has my business to scale in so many ways. Oh, Shopify. What? 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 Who knows the song? Hello, Kevin. Now coming up to that from St. Joe's University. Oh, Greg Fernandez getting ready to go 0 for 3 strikeout king. I would line drive a ball to the pitcher's face to the song. I have one more, and if Casey and Dalton know, know me well, this is the reason why this would be my song. Oh, God. If it's going to be bedrock, I'm going to laugh my ass off. Hmm. Let um, us know in the comments if you guys are just joining. What would be your MLB walkout song? Oh, my God. He's too predictable. Now coming up to bat, standing tall at five foot nine from Newark, Delaware, Jay Dorden. Taller than five nine. You're dull. I got you. Ready? How tall are you? Five ten, five eleven. I don't know. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> the ball height is relative, but yeah, that's all we got for the Phillies. Oh, I Dutch, mean, you know, you're skipping me. I thought you were. No, you skipped me. Wait, oh, I did. Sorry, my fault. Um, this is um, gonna be good. Yeah. Do you have it queued up? I wanna. I, I wanna. I hope you... Let's go. All right. All right. I just <laughs> to preface it. I I love when. Players pick a song that's like easy to sing along to, and the whole crap. And forty, you just hear forty thousand fans vibing out to the song. So, how tall are you for preference, too? So I don't get it wrong. I'm five eight. Oh yeah, standing tall at five foot eight from Glen Mills, PA. Ball. You ever been to West Virginia? Park. Tommy! I feel like this should be your walkout song for a player in like the 1960s. The crowd so, goes fucking nuts. So All guys, the old ladies. The guys at 302 Birds. You know what we gotta do for our draft picks this 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 year? We gotta play the walkout songs. Like in a brief video. We should bring Casey into that league. He's yeah, around enough. Yeah. We can bring well, him in. What about for me? Sure. I didn't make the league last year. Yeah, yeah, you'll make it this now. year. You gotta make the drive, me. bitch. I'm sure I invited you. You gotta make the drive. Kick I'll Dan out. He he did yeah, we'll show up Dan last out. year. I think he picked for Dan. You know how much I travel. That a yeah. drive. Yeah. All right. Well, we will do it and we'll do walkout songs for you and we'll plan it out. But everybody has to stick with their walkout song, I think. Just for the record, Casey, I would rock this song and shake my ass to it. I hope so. I would love to see that. (laughs) I'd pay money. Ferociously. All right, moving on. (laughs) All right, perfect. As always, Casey, thank you for joining us for the Philly segment. We appreciate you as always, bro. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good rest of your night. Thanks for having me. see you Saturday, Casey. Yes, sir. Bye. Beautiful. All right, that's all we got from the Phillies tonight. Like I said, let us know last-minute um, walkout songs if you guys got any. Other than that, we're moving on to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, there have been some rumors, to say the least, about Bradley Beal. If he's going to come to this city or not, you know, it seems like Harden wasn't enough. Well, 
We know Harden wasn't enough. Greg, what, what's your whole opinion? What's the deal here? No pun intended. You like how I did that, sweetheart? So I was really hoping we'd get to this topic tonight because there are three major factors in play with this Beal thing, and that is because there are three – I know not to the caliber of Beal, but there are three other – there are two other players on the market. Yeah, three of them. You have Beal, you have Lillard, and you have Van Fleet. Van Fleet's a free agent. Beal and um, Lillard want to be traded, right? Both Beal and Lillard have said that one of the teams they want to be traded to is the Heat. So, obviously, the Heat are not going to get both of them, if any. The Heat said they're going to be aggressive with acquiring a superstar. But to do that, they're probably going to have to give up most of the team that made them a championship contender, such as, like, all the low-cap undrafted players they have, correct? So, it might come down to the Sixers a trade for them. We might have to give up Max, but we would get rid of Harris, which would be great. Or we could go the alternative route and sign Van Fleet. I think Beal would be great. He's old. We see that. He's 29 years old right there. His three-point shooting has regressed in the past few seasons, but he is still a tremendous player. It would be a huge upgrade from Tobias Harris. He'd be the Tobias Harris player we need, but it's to the question of how much will he cost. But the most important thing about his this deal with him is in his contract that he signed, he is the one making the decisions. It's not the Wizards. He has a no-trade clause, so Beal actually gets to decide where he gets to go and basically what gets traded for him. So he gets to decide. It's literally a matter of, is the Heat going to get Lillard instead of him, or is he going to want to go to the Heat over the Sixers? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Bradley Beal. I mean, I personally hope that he comes as a Sixers fan because I think Bradley Beal is the type of closer player. Um, in basketball, you know what I mean by that, what Jimmy Butler played for the Sixers. I think somebody said that a couple weeks ago on the show. I think it was Tom. Um, but you just kind of need somebody that can come in and just take the bull by the horns is what I mean. Take the lead role. And James Harden can't do that against elite players. He can do that in certain situations. He can't do that in every situation. And we need a player that can do that in every situation because Joel Embiid is a player that can do it every situation. Um, or even 75% of the time, be a closer. Harden, I mean, what the Celtics did to us, we just look silly out there. So, I mean, if you look at his career average, 22.1 points a game, and the dude was drafted in 2012. So to be that consistent for that long in the NBA, there's something to be said for that. That's why I put that stat on here. And, you know, he averages the highest assists per game, I noticed, out of his whole career. I think he was averaging three, four assists per game. Last year, he had 5.4 assists a game, almost six assists in certain games. So I would love to see him come to Philadelphia. And I think that he's a shot creator. And answering this question, Shard, I do think that Nick Nurse will complement this lineup very well as the head coach. I think he'll fit in very, very well. And I think if you bring Bradley Beal into the mix with Nick Nurse, Joel Embiid, Nick Nurse, Joel Embiid, Bradley Beal, you put all them in the mix, it's a recipe for success. Doc Rivers really didn't know how to educate a lot of these players. You bring certain players back like Paul Reed. Now you're cooking with gasoline. So this is something I would really, really like to see happen. And worst case scenario, Sixers, it sells jerseys. So now I got you listening, right? Okay, good. I, here's the thing about that, too, though. Beal would be great. 
it's just a matter of is Harden going to stay? Are we going to stack him on top? You know what I mean? I would love to have Harden, mm-hmm. but he's not getting younger either. Same can be said for Beal. Um, Harden is great and all, but then it comes to what exactly would we what would we give up for Beal? That's the biggest thing. And also, Beal isn't a hundred percent on the trade block. He is he's he's potential because he's he said if the Wizards are going to rebuild, so are they if they're officially going to rebuild, then he's leaving. So. I mean, they have Porzingis on the team. They have Kuzma. There's potential that they don't rebuild and that uh, Beal just stays there. That would be kind of uh, kind of nuts because I just feel like, look, the Sixers and um, Bradley Beal situation, I mean, Joel Embiid and Bradley Beal mostly both have something in common. They're both in a lost situation with their team where it feels like they've tried everything, they've exhausted every resource, and if something doesn't change, they're screwed. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, in in my opinion, um, I think one of them is going to give. Either Bradley Beal is going to come to Philadelphia, and Joel Embiid is going to say, okay, this is a last resort once again, or (laughs) Joel Embiid is going to leave Philadelphia because he's tried every last resort. And he's going to go somewhere like Miami or something like that, which is the last thing that we want to see. I know he's a loyal player, but at some point you can't really get mad at him with everything that the Sixers have done as an organization. Um, And I mean that in the nicest way possible, but the Sixers have really let down Embiid. Uh, And I think that if they go out and get Beal, this could kind of make up for it, but get rid of Harden. You're right, Greg. I don't want both of them. That's just going to cause locker room issues and too much luggage. Too much luggage, and also on top of what you said, I, I've been saying for a while, I would be a Joel Embiid fan. Like, wherever it goes, I'd actually, like, I'd be a Sixers fan, but I'd watch. Like, I'd follow him on the other team. But the weird thing, like you said, Miami, I see that. I see him be going there, but the issue is I don't know if the Heat would – they would the trade would be out of bio. The trade would be out of bio for Embiid, but I don't know if Heat fans would agree with that. Like, I don't know if they'd give give away Adebayo since they're his golden their golden goose in a Yeah, set. but also Bam Adebayo is not that reliable of a player. I mean, yeah, he yeah. had a really good game, what game four or whatever, but like he's so inconsistent. And I and mean, he's not aggressive in the paint. That's the right. thing. He will and just pull up for a jumper. When we were watching the playoffs, like he's the their biggest man other than Zeller. Um, he was just try to go for the like. You would expect a center to go for the board. He would just kind of sit back and just, like, let anyone else rebound it. So, I mean, I don't think I don't think he'd be a good fit in Philly at all because just we don't really need that nonsense here. But I think I think the Heat are going to be a, uh, a place to be. Um, I mean, they made it to the NBA Finals with people who weren't drafted high. Like they've been going to the final, not to the finals, but they've been in late playoff modes for the past three years. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it's a place to be. I mean, South Beach is, hey. No, yeah, Tony, I see you. I agree with that, but at the same time, it would be more than Bam. It would be more than Bam. But I don't see who else they would trade on the team. They wouldn't give up Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? Like, what else would they trade for Embiid? Embiid would be a KD-level trade. I hate to bring this up, but think about what an Embiid trade would entail, right? 
it would entail like multiple first round draft picks. And then yeah. on top of that, it would also entail a star player at least, three other role players, or two stars and a role player. Right? If Ben Simmons got us hardened, what would Embiid get us? That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. Um, moving on, though, to our next topic. Moving on, transitioning, I guess, to the Eagles. And actually, before we get in, I want to welcome another fan to the show. A fellow Alabama fan, Greg. Look at you two on the bottom, the Alabama boys. Yes, sir. I got Henry, a huge Eagles TikToker. If you guys aren't already, follow him on TikTok at FBHQ. Pretty impressive what he's done on there. And a fellow Eagles fan. How you doing tonight, bro? I'm good. I'm happy to be on. How are you guys? Hey, man, we're happy to have you on. Welcome to the show. Appreciate it. So let me ask you something. Um, I'll let you take it first, our guest. Matt Patricia, Darius Slay, they kind of have a little bit of beef we know before from their Detroit days. They're going to be together now in Philadelphia. What's your opinion on all this? You think that they've had a conversation behind the scenes, anything we don't know about? What do you think? So um, I think the Patricia hiring was kind of interesting. Cause, like ever since he left the line, I mean, he's just kind of been like an interesting figure in like the coaching carousel since his days as when he was coaching the Lions. But I think it's going to be a good hiring. Like, I think having another mind in the room, like we kind of had Fangio during that playoff run, is going to be beneficial for us, even if Patricia isn't like – even if he doesn't bring the best like Fangio could have. But um, I think with the Slay thing, I think they're both at the point in their careers, like Slay's 32 years old. He's in his 10th season now. They're both at the point where they both just won a championship, in my opinion. And I think they're both mature enough, like people and Slay's a mature enough player to know that. And I think they worked it out already. And I think it's going to be all fine with Slay and Patricia. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about other things on this team besides that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I, I really think their end goal is to win a ring. Um, and I think they can bear that hatchet their you know miscommunication or you know them being upset at each other um because it's just like you can't have that in the in the in the locker room i mean you gotta have players coaches all on the same page and uh, i think they are like you said mature enough to realize that and kind of bury the hatchet and then uh, just get those wins and get that ring well Shard said, I've seen a lot of on Twitter saying that he has been huge help in training camp. So, hey, that's good. Like, I, I just think he's another mind. Like, having another coach in the locker room is going to be important for the Eagles. Like, anytime, you know, the front office can go out, they can find a guy that they like, and they can find a guy that they're excited to coach with. Like, it's going to be beneficial for the team. And, like, it could be worse. Like, I'm sure there's personalities on this team that I would not want to have, like, beef with a coach. but. Like, I'm just not worried about Slay. Like, I think it'll be all good. Yeah, and that, like, like Jordan said, that's the, that's the end goal is get a ring. Yeah. Bear the beef and all that stuff, so. That's a really good t- point, too, about head coaching experience in the locker room. I mean, when you just think about how valuable that is, that you've been in X amount of situations and you bring this experience to the table, I mean, there's something to be said for that and putting feelings aside and maturity and – I really do think that some conversation was said, number one, if they're going to be on the same team in the same facility, something had to be said. 
Number two, I think most importantly, um, they're going to work it out like adults because they both want to get a ring. It's mutually beneficial for both of them. And uh, to get a ring, I mean, both these guys got to put their differences aside and say, okay, what's the end goal here? The end goal is to bring a championship to Philadelphia. The end goal is to make Darius Slay's resume better. And the end goal is to make Matt Patricia's resume better. So let's all work together. Kumbaya. And let's put it together. Uh, and, you know, Ash brought it up. And I was like, you know, there was rumors about it before. And we were kind of like, there's no way that the Eagles would do this. This would kind of be stupid. And then Slay's like, I'm leaving. I'm out. Fuck it. Fuck you guys. And I'm like, oh, shit. He's gone. And then it's like how he works a little bit of his magic. He does his thing. And it's like, bam, Slay's back for a three-year deal. What's up? Bam, Bradbury's back for a three-year deal. What's up? And then it's like, oh, cool. Okay, this is all great. And then it's like, Two or three weeks later, maybe two months later, I'm tripping. But then it's like, bam, Matt Patricia's, like, working for the Eagles. Now it's like, wait, what the fuck? Like, where did this come from? And I, nothing has really been said since. So I'm kind of glad that Ashley brought it up um, because it's one of those things that I think it, it deserves a little bit more attention, uh, at least in my opinion. Um, moving on now, though, I did have somebody on TikTok who was joining us tonight. Um, he asked me for an Eagles – Record prediction by everybody. I mean, we've seen the schedule. We know with the Super Bowl what to expect. So I actually want to kick it to uh, Jackson first if he wants to take it. I know um, we're going to be going to a lot of games next year, tailgating with our friends over at 4th and John, so make sure you guys follow them. But 17 games, what are you thinking, Jack? What's your uh, schedule prediction for the Birds? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's the toughest schedule in the league. Um, so it's going to be a tough – it's an uphill battle for us. Um, but I think uh, – we've talked about it many times on the show. I think that the Eagles definitely have gotten better um, since last year. And uh, I, I think that my prediction um, is going to be 14-3. and three. That's max. And then at a minimum, at least probably like – you know, 11 and six. Um, but I mean, I'm excited for this, for this team because like I said, they're a lot better than last year. We hired Sean Desai. I'm excited to see what he does in the defense because our biggest issue last year was we didn't have a, a scheme uh, for our defense. So I think bringing that scheme in and I think he says to be more aggressive. We needed that because you saw um, when we were aggressive on the front four, um, we got, you know, forced down or, you know, a sack or whatever, tackle for loss. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens with this season. And I'm, I'm not I'm not too too worried. It's, like I said, it's going to be an uphill battle, but I, I think we'll be, you know, 14 and 3. 14 and 3. All right. All right. Greg, what are you thinking? I think one below Jordan, I think we're going to be 13 and 4. Um, I only say that because, again, we have a tough schedule. I foresee an injury. I don't know who, but I foresee an injury. All it takes is a Jordan injury. All it takes is Jalen Hurts out for two games because he broke his – it hurt his ankle rushing and sliding, right? Like, I foresee that sort of thing, especially with our tough schedule. I think if we had the same schedule as last year, we'd have the same – exact outcome especially with injury but just because it's a tougher schedule our team is great but at the same time i don't think it's going to be caliber because it was such a breakout season last year yeah i think that that's a fair point i mean i definitely think that there's going to be uh some sort of a drop off 
You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be what it was, and that's for damn sure. And I think anybody that thinks that it is is kind of, you know, a little bit uh, naive. What are you thinking, Henry? Um, So the over-under is set at 11.5 right now, and I think we should be able to get to 12. I think with this team kind of compared to, I mean, let's say, like, looking at last year's team, like, you can say, like, the roster is better, all that, blah, 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 but that's all gravy at this point, in my opinion. Um. We should get to 12 wins. Like I said, there's going to be – or like they said, there's going to be growing pains with this team. I mean, we're try- we're going to have to insert a bunch of rookies into our lineup that like have the potential to be phenomenal players, but they're still rookies. They have to grow into their role. Guys like Nolan Smith, Jalen Carter. And the safety room is still a little bit questionable. Like who's going to be starting back there? Is it going to be Edmonds? Is it going to be Brown? It's just like we're, like we're going to have to build that chemistry up. Luckily, the Eagles have a lot of great locker room personalities, so I don't think that will be much of an issue. But I was talking to some people on TikTok last night. We all think the Eagles are going to like win the Super Bowl this year. But at the same time, I do think there is a possibility where the season could kind of be like 2018, right, where we're coming off like a Super Bowl-caliber season, and then all of a sudden like we're slugging out with good teams because you know we, we have that. Super Bowl schedule. We have the best team in the league schedule and we're slugging games and maybe we don't win the division, but we're going to be like a playoff team. It's still a pretty big threat, a pretty big threat in the NFC. But yeah, my prediction would be 12 wins right now. I mean, honestly, would it be a bad idea to just potentially lose enough games to become like an eight seed and just, or like a medium seed and just make our way through? Hey, it could – like, the 2018 Eagles were still, like, a touchdown away from going back to the NFC Championship and potentially the Super Bowl, even though we didn't win the division. So I could 100% see a scenario like that yeah, again. We have a bunch of those players still on the team. That's true. And, I mean, Dallas, like, I'll give them their credit. They're a really good-built team. They were one of the best teams in the NFC last year. They could definitely win the division, even if we're a good team again. You quick sidebar. Prescott's going to get injured again. We're seeing. Yeah. Well, and chill upon my enemies. That's a bullshit. You, especially the Cowboys. Come on, Jordan. Time. What are you doing in the top left? I know. Right? Yeah. What the hell is up with your hat? But it goes on your. Head I was like gonna. This. I was gonna say, why is Tom making those accusations with a wacky cap on right now, man? Because I gotta pretend I'm Jordan sometimes. Whatever. Oh wow, you want to be like me? Oh, that's so sweet, dude. I do. That's so sweet. I will give you a kiss too later. Imitation isn't flattery. It's just annoying (laughs) me. That's Jack right now. Uh, Tom, what's your prediction, brother? 12 and 5. Why is that? They're not going to do what they did last year because they have a tougher schedule. And it's going to be hard to replicate what they did. And they lost a lot of key pieces. Javon Hargrave, it's going to be hard to replace that production that you had. Ed with sacks. 12 and 5. I mean, I think our D-line got a lot better, though. But I, I agree with them. I think that's the perfect prediction. Like, And 12 and 5 is still very good. Like, yeah. that's still being a very good team. And, you know, all our predictions are over 11 and a half. So, as Tony has said in the comments, putting your house on the over 11 and a half may not be a bad investment. That's not financial advice. Do not follow that. But. <laughs> <laughs> You have to give it the fuck it with a ph. <laughs> That's great advice, Greg. Um, I do think that 11 and a half, like 
Henry said, "That's a steal." Right now. I mean, right now. That, that should definitely happen. I mean, that's uh, knock on wood, unless you know I'm gonna be like an idiot and there's something you know unforeseen, like the I-95 crash that's gonna happen again. Knock on wood. I'm not gonna see it. Um, that's my that. opinion, at least. But moving on, real quick transition um, from the Eagles back to the Phillies, real quick. This is actually something I just found out about. Don't worry, Henry. You don't have to be a big Phillies fan and talk about this. They are doing a – hold on. Oh, no. This is right up my alley. This is perfect. They're doing a top call from the nosebleeds at the Philadelphia Phillies Citizens Bank Park. So, get this. In November, when the Phillies could be in red November, so with a little bit of, you know, the World Series aspect to it, Phillies could be playing in the World Series, and you could be knocking balls out of a stadium that is being played in World Series games. I mean, obviously, you have to be like a fucking Epstein or something to afford this shit. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if you are rich enough, do it, because this would be a pretty cool experience. I think it's awesome that they're doing this. I just can't wait for somebody to hit the fucking Jumbotron and the lawsuit that's going to come with that. Because they just get this brand spanking new Jumbotron. Then they're going to get some buff-ass jock up there like Tom Salucci Dordan up there. That's going to be like, yo, babe, watch this. And he's going to smack the piss out of his driver. And then it's going to go right through the middle of the new brand spanking new billboard. And then John Middleton's going to be like, oh, yeah, we made $50,000. But now we, like, got to pay, like, $10 million for a new scoreboard. So... Uh, I don't know. There is some liability things that concern me with this, but I think it's a cool idea. That's all I got to say about it. I think considering it's worked out at both at San Diego and Fenway Stadium, uh, I I don't see an issue with this. I think it's a phenomenal idea. I'm an avid Phillies fan. Like, like I I watch it if they're on TV, but I don't like heavily follow them like you guys, but I am a massive like PGA tour fan and golf fan. I play golf like three times a week. I love the tour. I love the majors. I like this kid. I like everything about like my golf. I told him right to come there. on the pod. I'm trying to get him to come on permanently. Yeah, I try to sell him. I told him I it'd be a great bets today for the uh, Open, U.S. Open. Who I did had, you take? I had um uh only only double check. I'll show you right now. If it's not um, Victor Hovland, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> well, he's so looking have, that up though, real quick. I, I do want to say this. It's it's gonna suck if somebody hits it and bad things happen in Philadelphia, Tom. But take it away, Jack. No, no they so don't. I, so I have any live tour player winning it. Okay, okay that's good. That's good. And then this is a rant, uh, uh, you know, you know, a high high bet. But uh, Roy Rory winning. Oh, I don't. And know. then John Rahm winning. Yeah, that that makes all right. I, I like the two. I don't like Rory though. Hey, I don't think you it's know he could have a breakout, you know, round. So next three days. So we'll see. Sorry, Don. Go ahead. No, you're all good. I didn't have anything else to say. You guys, you guys crushed it. Um, one did thing. everybody talk about this, Greggy? Mm-hmm. Oh, I have one thing. I just imagined Tom at the top of it, backwards hat, and going, "A Dutch, watch this piss missile," and just hits Bryce Harper in the freaking takes him out for the rest of the World Series. So it's like Game Seven. Right before, like, the World Series. Yeah. And, like, fucking Bryce Harper's, like, down there, like, doing BP. He's like, yeah, this is awesome. Tom's like, this is the coolest moment of my life, Dutch. I'm, like, <laughs> hitting dingers. 
Well, Bryce Harper's hitting dingers, and Tom just chucks one, and the fucking ball misses, and just nails fucking Bryce Harper in his shoulder, and he's out for the season. And then the whole city knows that it was this kid's fault, Tom Salucci. Is that what you're saying, Greg? Yep. And he's gonna he's gonna sit there, and Bryce Harper's gonna be rolling on the ground in pain, like, ah! <laughs> and Tom's gonna be like, Dutch. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Who knows? Who knows? But um, anyways, that is pretty cool that they're doing that. We'll see what happens if anything comes of it. Um, I think it'll be fine, but go away for the Phillies to make a little bit of extra revenue because, hey, I am all about the revenue. QB1 would have won MVP last year if Dalton had placed that bet. Changed my mind. I placed that bet in July. QB1 wouldn't have done shit if I wanted to place that bet in July. Changed my mind on that. Um... Moving on to Miles Sanders. He had some comments about the Super Bowl. I don't know if you guys heard this. I did not hear this until recently. Um, But he was not happy with the way that the Philadelphia Eagles utilized him in the Super Bowl. What are you guys thinking of that? That's why you don't don't fumble the fucking ball when you're running it. You know what I mean? Kenny G played out of his mind rather than you did there, Miles. So you need to relax. And you should have you should have played better, not fumble twice. That's all I gotta say. And can you blame can you blame us for that? The games before that, the the playoff games before that, he fumbled the ball how many times? A lot. Game. Not, he yeah. could not hold on to the ball. That is his fault. Henry, what were you saying? Oh, uh, listen, I love Miles. Like, I think he's a great person. Like, it's it's sad that he's not going to be on the team anymore from, like, a personality perspective. But, like, I was never a big fan of his on the field. And this Super Bowl thing is just a cherry on top for me. He averaged 2.2 yards in the Super Bowl. and Or 2.2 yards per carry. I'm sorry. And it's not even like, like he just played bad. Kenny Gainwell only had, like, 21 yards in the Super Bowl as well. So... Our running backs clearly weren't – they just weren't touting the rock against the Chiefs scheme. And, like, we scored 35 points. Like, our, like we did everything we could to win that game on offense. Like, I'm sorry. You can go cry. If, like, I don't know what to say. I don't know, man. Miles just – I don't know. You Like, you can't complain about that type of thing. That really hit home when you were like, I don't know, man. Like, the, the, every Eagle fan I just felt. We scored 35 points. Like, what do you like? What does he want us to do? Give him. I remember watching the Super Bowl at halftime. I was like on cloud nine. I was like, this is the best day ever. We're going to win this. Rihanna had a great halftime show. It was all going so well. I don't know, man. The Super Bowl just makes me, it makes me a little dizzy. Holmes. Yeah, don't, don't even get me started. Pain. A lot of pain. But I do think that. Just him saying this just shows the kind of character. It's a little bit childish, in my opinion, that you make a comment about a game that happened four months ago that you guys were within three points of, and you had a lot of camaraderie for a team and you wanted to play there. Where were these comments when you wanted to get signed to a new contract with the He Eagles? said he loved Howie Roseman. He literally said, like, I love you, Howie. Like, please pay me. Please sign me. I want to stand. Yeah, through. and it, it switches up. It's all about you know what what position are you in and what scenario and you know how it goes it and where are you at and because he's on the Panthers now and I, I do think he's not necessarily uh, happy with the Panthers. It's not the same scenario. The Panthers suck. 
I mean, he's going from the second best team in the NFL to probably the 26th best, the 25th best at best. At best, they're 25 or 26. And so you- there's a big uphill for Miles Sanders. And I think him making these comments just kind of shows the Eagles fans rent free. Well, you know, that just shows he doesn't care about winning. He went to that caliber of team because he wanted the most money, right? Those are the people who paid him. He didn't take a cut. He didn't go somewhere where he would get a ring. He doesn't care about winning if he took that money and went to the Panthers, right? With 5'8", Bryce Young. Um, now, now I, I know that our, my other Bama fans going to be mad about that, but he's short. And, you know, the same thing. Really, think, dude? What? <laughs> I, think, I think the same thing goes for Gardner Johnson. Uh, um, Gardner Johnson, because those are two players that didn't get their deals through the Eagles, right? They didn't get the money they wanted. They went to the other teams because Gardner Johnson also said this. He's like, oh, the Eagles Foundation is bad at this, this, this. You're just salty you didn't get a contract. You are salty you didn't get a contract. There could have been some discrepancies there. But in the end, you are definitely talking shit because you did not get the contract. You did not get the money you wanted when we have a cap to worry about. Guys, I'm placing a bet for over 11 and a half wins for the Eagles right now. <laughs> do it, dude. Honestly, I might have to join you soon. I think we got to get Cut to do that. And uh, I'll talk to Sim from Cut and see if I can get that arranged. But see if maybe we can start taking some of these Cowboys fans' money. Um, moving oh. on to our final topic of the night, gentlemen. Thank you guys all for joining us. Thank you to everybody online who joined us tonight. If you guys could retire... Sorry, hold on. If you guys could retire one Philadelphia Eagles player's jersey who isn't already retired, who would it be and why? I was thinking about it a lot over the weekend because this is one topic I wanted to do for a little bit. And, you know, I believe the current players that have their jerseys retired are Reggie White, Donovan McNabb. uh, I believe... Pete Pihos has his jersey retired, if I'm not mistaken. No, he he doesn't. Pete Ratzliff, 44. So in, in order, numerically, least to uh, most. Five, Donovan McNabb. 15, Steve Van Buren. 20, obviously Brian Dawkins. 40, Tom Brookshire. I don't even know who the fuck that is. Some player from the 50s, apparently. 44, Pete Ratzliff. 60, Chuck Benderek. 70, Al Wister. 92, Reggie White, and of course, 99, Jerome Brown. Um, If there's one player you guys would pick that hasn't already been retired, who would it be and why? Jackson, go ahead. All I got to say, this may be a lot of hate or may not. Active, like active players or anyway. So anyway, mine would be D-Jack, Sean Jackson, baby. Number 10? Yeah, number 10. Why? Because, I mean, that man did a lot for us in his prime as the Eagles. I mean, you guys all remember Miracle of the Meadowlands Part 2 when he botched the, the uh, punt returner, returner back for the uh, touchdown Christmas Day or whatever. That man, and he always – he says that he wants to retire an Eagle. He did so much for the city in his prime that I, I would love to see that jersey retired. I think that's a great answer. I like that one a lot. Henry, who you got? Uh, so I was thinking about this a little bit today, and I mean, I'm younger than all you guys, so like I grew up with like a different set of players, I guess. And the first player that I remember, I mean, 
D-Jack was like the first player I remember really, really liking. But the first player like I like I love and that I still love is Zach Ertz. Um, I remember in like 2015 or maybe it was 2014. It was when he was like still breaking out like second or third season on the Eagles. For Halloween, I got my mom to get me a Zach Ertz jersey. And I got like an Eagle mask and like I some wings and I wore that. And I was like an Eagle with the Ertz jersey. And I still have that jersey in my closet to this day, but he just did a lot for the city, man. He, I mean, I'm sure you guys know more than me because you guys live in the like n- closer to Philly than me. But he, first of all, he did tons of stuff for the community. He, I mean, and along with the fact he's a Super Bowl champ, he caught a pass or he got a touchdown uh, reception in the Super Bowl. He has like the f- NFL record for tight ends for like receptions in a season. And I mean, he was just a great player in his prime in Philadelphia. And it was really great to see him get utilized by the Cardinals a little bit more because, I mean, it sucked to see him, you know, like not be like his, it sucked to see his usage go down like towards the end of his tenure in Philadelphia, but it's Ertz for me. So retire that 86. Oh, I like that answer a lot. Greggy boy back in the house. Who would you retire? If you could retire one Eagles players Jersey, that's not retired already. I was going to say because I have a V behind me, Mike Vick. But, you know, Dawkins would have to be my pick. Brian Dawkins would be yours? Oh, yeah. His jersey's already retired, motherfucker. Oh, fuck. You did say that. Uh, ah, you dumbass bitch. Well, then I would have to go with Mike Vick. Mike Vick? So, I will I'll hit you with this, Greg. Why not instead of Mike Vick, you use Ron Jaworski? For number seven. That kind of shocked me that he wasn't retired at number seven. But Donovan McNabb was retired at number five. Donovan McNabb has like five DUIs. Um, I love Donovan McNabb. He's a good player. But, I mean, he didn't do as much for the city as Ron Jaworski does. Ron Jaworski's still around in the city. Um, I think he like owns a golf course or something. I know he's somewhat in the media. He kind of sucks at being in the media, I think. He's kind of like inconsistent is a good word. But I just don't really like Donovan McNabb. And Tom, I know, hates him. Tom can't stand him um, because of the whole puking thing, which I think is a weird reason to hate Donovan McNabb. But I don't hate Donovan McNabb, I guess. Taking that back, I just don't respect Donovan McNabb the same that I respect other Eagles QBs. Randall Cunningham, number 12. Retire that number. But for me, I mean, Nick Foles, number nine. The guy who brought us our first Lombardi trophy. Nick Foles, retire his jersey. That would be a good one. But at the end of the day, give me the guy all the way to the left. Brian Westbrook. Went to Villanova. Kind of remained local. Still is a huge Eagles fan and an Eagles supporter. Um, I really think Brian Westbrook, number 36, would be a jersey that I would retire. Because I think all Eagles fans who are probably 23 years above, maybe 24, all remember Brian Westbrook being that kind of player that Henry just described in their childhood. He was there, he was consistent, yeah. and he was a good player. Um, I would love no, Shady I mean, too. Shady's there in the media, but Brian Westbrook, it's hands no. down. I mean, also, I, Jason Kelsey, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, sure. that's the Will best Johnson. answer. Will said, sure. Will said Jason Peters. I don't know about that. These are all good answers. I mean, like, you could make a case for any of them, but I feel like Jason Kelsey, what you just said, Jack, is probably the most likely out of everybody. Like, whoever's probably most likely to get it 
out of this whole list, whoever's next, it's probably going to be Jason Kelsey by 2030, I would say. Because number one, 62 is like not really a consistent number, so not a lot of players are going to wear it, so it's easy to retire. Um, I don't mean that in a shitty way. I just mean it's fact. And number two, um, Jason Kelsey is literally like the mayor of Philadelphia. So he's probably the most likely player as is to get it. So those two things coupled together, I mean, I think that that's your ideal answer. Okay, so okay, this might be a little bit of a hot take, and I'm not, I'm not making like a, I'm not stating my opinion about this, but some people are commenting Nick Foles, but I would argue that, I mean, Carson Wentz had just as much of an impact on us getting that ring as Foles did, so. Like, I know a lot of fans, and I'm, I mean, even like the front office, we've already kind of burned that bridge with Wentz. But, like, are you willing to go that far to retire Foles' jersey? And I get it. He did bring us the Super Bowl, our first ever one. It's pretty impactful compared to just getting an MVP, which, like, I mean, who knows? Hurts can win one next season. But are you willing to go that far to just burn that bridge completely with Wentz? So I think they should honor that season that he had in some way or form. They, they should honor, but you also have to remember there wasn't really a full season. Like he, that's true. Go, but I mean, he, he did, did play go, like fourteen games. He, he did go in that season, but at the same time, I feel like we shouldn't focus on year at Foles. I do get, I do get that, but at the same time, I feel like we shouldn't focus on neither of them because if you want to talk about more of a player that made a bigger impact, like yes, the Super Bowl is huge, but we're not talking about half season appearances yeah you know i mean we're not talking about people who were there half a season we're talking about people who made an impact people who breathed that franchise you know yes like it up thank you sorry like, you i didn't realize i wasn't muted no worries when when you think of when you think of franchise players that are retired you think of kobe bryant on the lakers you think of pal gasol on the lakers you're going to think of Embiid on the, on the six i know i'm giving basketball references here Wentz was short-lived. Foles was short-lived. You know what I mean? Kelsey makes absolute sense. Yeah, because he's been like he's a franchise legend. He's been like, yeah. like with the Eagles for a long time. And he's he won us he like he contributed to a Super Bowl and he had the legendary speech, which is like gonna live forever. But like if you retire Foles, and I like the dude in the comment section, I'm not like saying that we should retire Wentz's jersey. Definitely not, but would you be willing to go that far where you're going to retire Foles' jersey and completely burn that bridge with Wentz? Like, like I said, they should honor that season he had in some way or form, like in the future. Whoa. I don't think that that would burn the bridge with Wentz, though. Like, I don't think that that would. And if that did, I think that that would tell you a lot about Wentz's character. You know what I mean? Like, okay, this isn't necessarily the guy you want in Philadelphia because he's kind of immature. Like, I think he needs to be mature enough to realize what Nick Foles did for this team. And it's just a different scenario. Without It's the yin and the yang. Without one or the other, we wouldn't have had that Lombardi ring. Without that season, we wouldn't have been in the one seed for Nick Foles to win those games and put us in that position. Without Nick Foles, we wouldn't have won the damn ring. I don't think Carson Wentz would have been consistent enough, or I think Carson Wentz would have gotten in his own mind that I don't think we would have beaten Tom Brady, truthfully. I think we would have made it to the Super Bowl. I don't think we would have won the Super Bowl that year. So there's a lot of what ifs, a lot of questions. Um, but as far as that topic, I mean, that's that's all I got. And that's all we got for you guys tonight. But unless anybody else has anything, I will kick it 
to Jackson to do what he does best and uh, wrap up the show. And thank you guys for joining. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to join the Discord if you haven't. The Discord is the best place to talk some Philly sports and like that motherfucking video for me. But Jackson, take it away. Also, Henry, appreciate you guys you uh, coming on the show tonight. Make sure you follow him at TikTok at fb.hq. fb.hq. Appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, without further ado, Zep, it's an outro, not an intro. Hit that outro. <laughs>